you're listening to another episode of the start of the stuttering school podcast i am daniele rossi you can call me danny uh coming to you from toronto in canada and summer in sweden whereabouts in sweden <laughs> are you are you living um, how do i explain that well if you if you look at, at the map and you look at gothenburg and stockholm mm-hmm. and i am somewhere in the in the, in the middle there so somewhere so, in the middle there <laughs> It's not north, it's not south, it's just just perfect. Or lagom. <laughs> so I have Anita Bloom who is coming from perfect Sweden and uh, <laughs> and following up from the previous episode where I gave a my own rundown of the um, Iceland Congress, the International Stuttering Association World Congress of Stuttering that recently took place in beautiful beautiful and very cool iceland uh today just to give you a bit of a timestamp, july 20th uh, 2019 yeah the 50th anniversary of the lunar landing nothing to do with this episode but just want to man- mention that but uh, following up yes um from the previous episode i'll be playing anita's keynote that she gave at the Iceland Congress. So I asked Anita to come on to this episode and give us a bit of an introduction. Um, would you like an introduction on me? Or... An introduction, sorry. <laughs> on, uh, well, you know, yes, you know, yes, yourself. Um, uh, very quick introduction about yourself and as well as what, you know, what your uh, keynote is about and what, pr- and, and what prompted you to write your keynote around that topic? That's a lot. Uh, where do I start? Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're able to sit in front of a whole room of people, you know, I'm sure you can. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, um, I live in Sweden, but I'm born in the Netherlands. That's right. And, That's um, right. I've been living here for 30 years. And uh, um, um, enjoying it very very much um i didn't know there were other other people who started until i was 27 and that changed everything first i got very angry and i thought why didn't people tell me and then i said okay i will do everything to give people who started a voice and a face so that's that's where it all, all started so so I joined a local group, and then I joined the National Stuttering Association, and I got on the board, and then the European one, and and then there was a World Congress in 1995, and it was in Sweden, and that gave me so much, so much energy and so much um, will to 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 really change things because there I felt that we we can make make a change. We cannot wait for for people to make the change for us we have to be that change mm. and that um, and that made me made me talk so so also also in 95 uh, we had this world congress and i thought well um i guess this is boring for young young people who stutter uh, why why can't we do something for for young people here at the same time as the as the world congress so we had a youth meeting, and that was the, was the first time we had it in '95. And this this year uh, we are having another one. So 
So during all these all these years, we have had youth meetings, and when you see these people change within just just a few days from from coming there and then thinking I can't speak to leaving and feeling I can do anything, I can speak, yeah. I can work, I can I can follow my dreams, and that has been my 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 key again to my keynote speech. Uh, because there are still still many people that think we cannot do things and we need help and we need therapy and uh, other people know best what's what's best for, for for us and I would like people to wake up I would like people study to wake up I like clinicians to wake up and then and work and work together they can ask us what do we need we can ask them this is my, 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 my need. How, how can you help me? It's not about uh, uh, getting fluent. It's not about acceptance. It's, it's, it's both. You, you can accept your stutter and still work on your speech. You can work on your speech and still accept that you stutter. And, and once, once we get that, I think we can really, really make a change. We, we, we can... We can start, start, start again because now I feel we are still, still walking that same path, where we still count syllables, where we still think we have to be fluent. And I just wonder who says who. If I want to be fluent, I can work on that, but I don't have to. If I don't want it, it is about me, and it is. Um, and I'm so thankful that there are very, very many dedicated clinicians who who now also understand there is so much more than than stuttering syllables. There is there are so many ways to help a child who who, who stutter if we can make them want to speak, if we can make them want mm. to 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 make a change, if they want to speak, then Maybe they can speak up at school and tell them and to tell the kids what they want and tell the teacher what they want and tell the speech therapist what they want. So we have to go back to what do we want? What do we who stutter want? And well, that's 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 how I wrote my my speech. Let's 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 start from 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 scratch. what to do. Read my speech and be fluent so people think I'm fake or speak from my memory but forget what I plan to say. And I think that's stuttering in a nutshell. Always trying to please others. Always trying to be how we think other people would like us to be. Speaking from the heart would be amazing as speaking about stuttering is my passion. But reading will make sure that I won't forget the many things I want to say. That my speech will end before lunch break. <laughs> so in fact, reading it will make it easier for both you and me. And if you want to hear me stutter, if you haven't heard me last night, I'll meet you in the lobby later. <laughs> <laughs> but why is it so hard to be honest to ourselves 
and speak the way that suits us. Fluent, non-fluent, with techniques, without techniques, but at least in the way that we choose. Why do we feel the need to please others? Why do people think we need to speak the way they want us to? Or what they think is the best way? Or is, or is it just what we think that they want? <clears throat> Have you ever heard someone say to a person in a wheelchair, You can walk. I know exactly what it's like. I can't walk either when I'm drunk. But if you just lift yourself up and then put one foot in front of the other, you should walk. And oh yeah, I forgot. You have to lose weight as well. And I know this clinic. But when it comes to people who stutter, the world is full of experts. I guess you all have experienced the words, take a deep breath. You don't have to be afraid. Or the worst thing I've heard is, as you stutter on the first letter of a word, why not take the first letter away and you start on the second letter of the word? <laughs> as if that would make conversations easier. And this was said at a congress for speech therapists. But how many of you have heard people say, should I give you a shoulder massage to ease the tension? Not available after the speech, in case you <laughs> And people also know exactly where to go. There are places where you can get rid of your stutching in just a day or two. And if you do, well, then it's your fault, of course. And I've heard about Herbalife will cure me and praying or hit yourself with the lung of sheep on your back. They all cure stuttering. Well, I've tried most of them. Well, not the lung, but... <laughs> and I still stutter. Well, not now, but okay. <laughs> and there have been many people who stutter, clinicians and others, who have tried to define stuttering. So, am I a stutterer? Or stammer? Or person who stutters? Do I have a stuttering syndrome? Are people who stutter disabled? Can we even define stuttering? Do we really all fit in that same box? And if yes, why is it so hard to pinpoint why we stutter? And why aren't there therapies that fit us all if we are all supposed to be in that one box? But I want to make my point clear, I am a proud person who stutters. When I don't want to say or write so many words, I'm a stutter. And I'm not disabled right now, because I have all the right parameters. With the best part of all, I am the speaker, and you are not supposed to interrupt me. But when I'm on the phone, trying to say, and the other person hangs up the phone, because he thinks I'm a stalker. <laughs> or when I'm not allowed to answer, to, to enter a plane because the crew thinks I'm drunk. I sure feel disabled and dismantled and deprived from my pride. So disability is a label many don't like, but children who stutter need to have that label to get insurance for special adjustments for an oral test in school. 
and also when we need therapy or speech device, when we are looking for support for our stuttering associations, when we need to stand up for our rights, we better have a disability. For why would people help us if we claim we don't need help? So don't refuse that word disabled as we need that classification to get the support we should be entitled to. So am I disabled? Well, in some situations, and others not. And am I a stammerer or stutterer or a person who stutters or all? And also within the stuttering community, we sometimes struggle with boxes and acceptance. And if we ourselves fight over which box to put us in and what to call that box, how would other people take us seriously? Why can't we ourselves accept that we are different, with different needs, and that these needs can be different from day to day, from moment to moment? Some stutter a little, some stutter a lot, some have no problems with their stutter, some are devastated, and some have achieved different kinds of fluencies, and others not. But yet we all have an opinion about each other. So if I tell people in a Facebook group about a problem that occurred because of my stutter, the reactions can be as follows. Those who stutter a little will reply with, I have no problem with that situation. Those who stutter a lot say, I so recognize that problem, also in lots of other situations. Those who have no problem with their stutter, they will reply with, why should that be a problem? Deal with it. Those who are devastated, they will reply with, I have this problem all the time and I cannot deal with it anymore. And some who have achieved different kind of fluency, they can reply with, well, if you try this method and work really hard, it won't be a problem anymore because I know I've tried and it works for everybody. But the ones I like the most is when I just reply, I get it. So who of these people is giving the best advice? Is it none or all? Or maybe just the last one? And who do we compare ourselves with? Is it the person in the middle? Does he look up to those who are fluent and challenge himself to speak like they do? Or does he look up with frustrations of not being as fluent as the others? Or does he look down and compare himself with those who stutter more? Either with resentment that others are not trying hard enough, or with joy as he's happy to be other person has come so far. He wants to pull up those who want and stand by those who are okay with where they are. I wasn't accepted, at least not my stutter. At home I was told I was doing something wrong, something ugly, something that shouldn't come out. First, I was called an attention seeker. And later on, when my stutter continued, it was my fault, I couldn't get rid of it. I was told to use those miracle cures, 
and to keep a low profile at family events. But yet, here I was, the only one who dared to give a speech at my mother's and my father's funeral. At school, I wasn't accepted. I was bullied by being ignored by my classmates and bullied by my teachers. No birthday parties with lots of friends, no playing in the schoolyard, no one came to my exam party. One teacher told me to leave the class as I was an attention seeker also there. And I was keeping the class from moving on. Another teacher forced me to have oral homework exam in front of the class. Just me, week after week. So she could tell me I was a hopeless case. And years later I found out why, because she said, I didn't like your father. So I was told to not proceed further studies, and especially not languages, as I wouldn't get anywhere anyway. And yet, here I am, in Iceland, giving a keynote speech, in England. Also outside school, I wasn't accepted. No one wanted to be seen, or even heard with me, a stutter. I was not allowed to be arranged of groups of peers, and I felt such a failure, I tried to end my life. And I failed at that too, obviously. But, being outside the group, I got the attention of one guy who wanted to get to know me better. We dated for almost five years, until I met my future husband and even moved to Sweden, with a language I didn't know. At work, I wasn't accepted. I was not allowed to become a police officer because of my speech. I got a summer job, but it was not accepted by higher rank bosses coming to my counter, who instead asked my boss why my speech was bumpy. But my boss, however, he saw my skills and he told his people I was the one in charge and that they either had to deal with me or simply leave unattended. And my summer job turned into a steady job and I've been work, working and studying ever since. At speech therapy, I wasn't accepted. After my first speech therapy sexually abused me, years later I gave my trust to another who mentally abused me by saying my stutter was my fault. And yet, today, I love and admire speech therapists who stand by our side, and some of us are even my private friends. So, if I was so unaccepted, how come I've traveled the world as an inspirational keynote speaker, thanks to my stutter? How come I not only became a teacher, but even teaching tough special classes with unwilling teens who didn't even want to go to school? And I had IT courses for every teacher in my village. How come I've been standing in front of the European Parliament claiming more time to give my three-minute speech, saying as they made adjustments for other people with disabilities, they have to make adjustments for me. So I got four minutes to do my speech. So why is all this? It's because I learned to accept them, with stuttering at all. 
I woke up one day and decided I didn't want to feel this way anymore, or ever again. This was not how the story was going to end. And I also realized my life should not be based on how others see me. It's about how I see me. And to accept what I see and hear, because I'm the one having to cope with my speech, with my stutter, 24-7. So, is it more important to accept than to get accepted? Getting accepted by others is something that is beyond our control. We can make efforts for people to accept us, but we can't actually make them accept us. We can't expect people to to have all the knowledge, or even the interest to understand and expect. And that's something we should expect, as we ourselves don't have the knowledge nor the interest to learn about all other people's problems. So to accept our stutter, our lives, ourselves, is something that's completely up to us. And we need to reach that level of acceptance, as otherwise it will absorb us. And I recently saw this video where there was a woman holding, holding a bottle of water in her hand. And that bottle has a certain weight. And after an hour, still holding that same bottle, or maybe after a day or after a week, that bottle will be so heavy. And it will be unbearably heavy and hurting the longer you carry it. So there's no other way than to empty that bottle. You either drink it or you water the plants so that they can bloom, but get rid of it. And does acceptance mean that we don't have to act anymore? I've been on many social medias for many years and there are huge discussions whether we should accept our stutter or fight against it. We're said to be all from superheroes and proud to stutter to being lazy, stupid, and not trying hard enough, which is what people with a miracle cure and their fans claim we are. So does accepting my stutter mean I don't want to act anymore towards more fluency? Or can I live side by side? That I can accept the fact that I stutter, but still find ways to make speaking easier for me. That I can accept the struggles in life due to my stutter, but at the same time, trying to find ways to minimize the obstacles. I tried everything to chase fluency, but without accepting my stutter, nor myself. And every time I managed to become more fluent, I blamed myself for not being able to maintain that fluency. Until I realized I have to accept the way I speak and everything that comes with us. And from that moment on, my fluency increased is I now could apply the fluency shaping that I learned, but was no longer afraid to fall back into the black hole. And if I couldn't maintain flu fluency for a longer time, that wasn't a problem. I wasn't afraid of it anymore. So I no longer stutter less. Well, I, I not only stutter less, but I use this insight in, in terms of failure as well. I aim not to fail but I won't beat myself up when I do. And instead, I applaud myself for trying. And this helped me to accept my comfort zones too. 
So accept and act can make a great lifelong marriage. Now in Sweden, this word, which should be the T behind, but not there, but the Swedes, they, they, they know this. This word, gift, has two meanings. It means marriage, and it means poison. <laughs> my relation to my study is like this. In, in my younger years, I'd, I'd rather take poison and to live one more day with my star. She's still laughing. <laughs> and living with my bodies and my seemingly hopeless future. So I wanted to take poison. And still, there are days when I'm so frustrated over not being able to be heard or understood. And when people walk away and laugh or end the phone call. And when my stomach gives me a migraine or a hiccup for hours. I just want to scream. But those of you who are married, they will know this. Um, me and my husband, uh, well, me, me and my stutter, we get used to each other as we live in symbios. My stutter helped me to get a scholarship and a job. People remember me, they know my name. And I have my new family from all over the world. Is that so funny? <laughs> Stanley, stuttering family for those few who don't know. And it even helped me to get on my next plane for free that time when my ticket was wrong. But I started so much that people freaked out and they said, I will give you this space for free. Just go away. <laughs> and also to the clinicians in this room, you can help us to find this marriage this balance that is so personal to each and every one of us, but yet so important to be able to implement what you teach us. So how do you clinicians define us? Stuttering, people who stutter, people with a stuttering syndrome, and are we patients or are we clients? Should we focus on fluency shaping? or on tools to simply deal with life, or both? Again, there is no correct answer here, as it's so individual. But if you clinicians could adjust your angle of treatment to how each and every one of us, people who stutter, define ourselves, we might have this perfect marriage. For if I'm seeking for acceptance, but instead I'm asked to state the days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I play the saxophone, I can do this. <laughs> so when they do this, when I'm looking for something else, the chances of progress are not very high. But how should my speech therapist know what I need when I don't open up and tell the person about me and what I want help with? so that my therapist can find a way to meet my realistic needs. So I'm all in favor of speech therapy and speech devices, and apps, and other scientifically proved ways of helping people with stutter. But I'm also in favor of massage, yoga, singing, mindfulness, NLP, public speaking, 
So it's like speaking circles and Toastmasters. Now there are lots of things on here, and it looks like a smorgasbord. The sweets love this smorgasbord, and those of you who are eating it, I guess you do so as well. The big table of wonderful, tasty dishes with small cards telling you what it is you're looking at. For those to choose whatever you like the most. And to know what the dishes are is very important because some people don't like fermented shark. <laughs> Others get very sick from nuts. So wouldn't it be amazing to have a therapy board where we ask what we like and need and what not? So that we can advise, can get advice on all the different things we should try. And not to have to choose just one dish. And how many restaurants have only one chef instead of different chefs with all different specialities? What if me and my speech therapist would come to the conclusion that regular speech therapy, together with mindfulness and qigong and massage and singing, would be the perfect smorgasbord for me? My breakthrough was thanks to different things happening to me throughout the years of searching for what I needed. It started with this. People seeing the person behind the stutter. I was playing in many bands and then I was seen. I was seen at work. I was seen by my boyfriend. And they all helped me to get back on my feet after my suicide attempt. Finding my stamina. People who get it and who make me laugh when I don't, don't even want to smile. And people who explain and who guide and who hug me and who help me to put things into perspective. And who gave me the strength and the stubbornness to make a difference. And to get up again every time I fall. I learned to face my fears and to expand my comfort zones. I went back to school as an adult student, just to face my demons. And got a job as a teacher. I decided to stop hiding and to become the face and the voice of people who stutter. And I talked about stuttering to strangers, to preschool kids, to laughing students, to teachers, to national and international politicians, and to my parents. And also learning as much as I can to comprehend about studying. And trying all kinds of methods, but with my eyes open and not ruining me financially. I tried, I tried hypnosis. I tried to, to carry a certain crystal in my pocket. I tried relaxation and studying therapy. But I found that all these things were not for me. And then I gained more knowledge about the brain public speaking courses, and NLP, and mindfulness. And these turned out to be perfect for me, as they are methods I can use in other aspects of life as well. So I can hear some of you say, brain, oh no, no brain on my smorgasbord. <laughs> well, it was more an understanding how the brain works with fear, and how to transform that. So simple things like what to eat and do, and what not to, before a speaking assignment. To not just take a deep breath, as that might cause tunnel visions. 
but also to breathe slowly and to keep both sides of the brain busy by, for example, listening, counting, smelling, saying, say, saying the alphabets, looking at colors and patterns, just to use both sides of your brains all the time until you lessen your fear so you can continue. And today my biggest fear is no longer speaking in front of the public, but the worst thing is to get from my chair to stage you. Because I'm, I'm always afraid uh, when I stumble, stumble or, or when I'm dressed the wrong way. The same thing at my wedding, I was so worried about my speech in church. And we were late for church because the clock was wrong and I lost all my fear and I just did it. So this knowledge about the brain reacting to fear also helped me to get over my many years of dentist anxiety. anxiety. So those of you who made me laugh, and I hope many of you will, look at my tooth because it has a golden star on it. And I got it from my dentist when I got over my dentist anxiety. NLP helped me to get over my past. So simple, practical exercises. I learned to reprogram my brain to get past the hurt and the frustration and to make peace. And also to create positive memories that outweigh and push away the negative ones. To not overthink or predict happiness and other people's thoughts, which maybe are the worst. And we would care less about what other people think of us if we realize how little people think of us. It's just only a few minutes and then they go back to themselves. And it shouldn't be about how others see you. It's about how you see yourself. And I learned that it's not what you are that's holding you back. It's what you think you're not. And NLP is not for stuttering. It also helped me when I, for several reasons, had to start using a wheelchair, which was a huge emotional challenge for me. Would other people judge me using an electric wheelchair, especially knowing I'm overweight as well? So when I just lose some weight, I wouldn't need a wheelchair. And what would happen if I fall when I, stubborn as I am, will not use the wheelchair, just out of pride? And some situations did happen, and I wound up in a hospital. But I learned to deal with that. But only as they came along, and not long before they even occurred. And the other worst, worst case scenarios, they didn't happen. And I was so happy that NLP stopped me from wasting time predicting the unknown. And what helped me even more is mindfulness. Mindfulness is so much more than lying on the floor with a mantra like, I think I can, I think I can. Or falling asleep due to being bored. Mindfulness has not only been tremendously useful to decrease my stutter, but also to increase the quality of my life. Mindfulness uses the abbreviation SOAP. And it's still so useful to me today then I'm thinking where to put these letters so I can see them every day. So maybe I should put them on a wheelchair. And maybe 
put a tattoo on my belly because what I feel sad. There's no way to avoid it. So it starts with the S is for stop. Literally stop what you're doing. Stop your thoughts. Just hold on for a moment. The O stands for observe. What is the actual problem? And without putting any value to it, just, just acknowledge what is the problem right here, right now. The A stands for act or accept. So if you can do something about it, you act. And if you can't or won't do anything about it, you accept. The last thing is maybe the most important one, let go. Once you have accepted or acted, you let go and you stop dwelling. And this too is useful in life. Or from standing in a long queue at a grocery store to, to having to deal with bullies in a speaking assignment. And even when I found out that my wheelchair was still in Gothenburg while I was in, in Iceland. And even when having to clean the toilet, you should either act by cleaning and enjoying the clean smell, or you accept that it smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I know a therapy smorgasbord is still a utopia, as there are costs involved. Clinicians in New York might have better opportunities and education than clinicians in the African countryside who's still making potions and treating people who stutter by telling them to eat crickets and to walk backwards around the church. While clinicians in Asia might never have heard of the egg therapy or DAF. And there are even countries where stuttering is so accepted, they don't treat people who stutter at all. And that's where stuttering self-help comes in. There was a study where they gave rats two drinking containers, one with normal water and one with drugged water. In one cage, there was one rat sitting by itself, and that rat was so sad, he took the drugged water. While the rats who were in a group, they took the clean water, as they found comfort within the group instead. And to me, finding the self-help movement was literally life-saving as I didn't know there were other idiots like me. And the first time I got a leaflet from a friend about the stuttering self-help group, I was 27. 27, meeting people who got it. And who told me there was a smorgasbord and people to enjoy it with. That was mind-blowing. I was not only happy beyond belief, I was angry. Angry that no one told me about this community, where there's so much knowledge and so much friendship and support. So within five years of that leaflet, I was on the local board, the national board, the European board, and even active internationally for the ISA, trying to do whatever I can to make the stuttering community visible and hearable, so that others don't have to wait for 27 years to find support. But I don't like the word self-help. I'm not helping myself. The magic happens when we're helping each other with a little help from our friend. And even more, when we all help each other, people who stutter, clinicians, family, friends, 
You know, my dog helps me with my speech. And I know there are lots of clinicians here, and I'm so happy for that. Because you are here with us on our playground. And you understand the importance of working together with people who stutter and to make that perfect match. You tell your clients about the stuttering community, and some of you are even involved to help start and maintain local groups. And you listen to our needs, and you cry for joy together with us when we cross new hurdles. And I'm so thankful that you're doing this. But there also are some speech therapists um, who are somewhat hesitant to be too close to us and see the community as a threat. But the stuttering community is not a replacement for therapy. It's an addition. Meeting people who stutter can be the psychological addition to therapy that can make the click. And your client can use the safe group environment to practice their therapy homework. And the therapy room is not only for people who stutter. Why not invite a friend or a relative so that he or she too can learn about stuttering and the experience, the exercises, and help to practice with the client outside the therapy room? You being the clinician have the knowledge about stuttering and treatment. The client has the knowledge about his or her stutter and everything that's connected to it. So talk, ask, make the puzzle together. Have you ever seen a Dutch puzzle called Waschei? It is an amazing puzzle where you can't see what the puzzle is going to be. The only thing you see is the puzzle should be what the people on the box are seeing. And to make that puzzle together with your clients and their friends that's really a challenge, but it's so, so fun to do this. And I've hosted children and international youth camps for people who study for almost 30 years now. And at children camps, we play with the children with no therapy whatsoever, other than making them talk and have fun. While the parents are in a, in a separate group with therapy, with certain therapists, and learn about stuttering and share experiences. And the youth camps are amazing as young people who stutter can share positive and negative experiences and help each other to face and overcome hurdles. An international exchange adds yet another dimension to this rubber board. As stuttering and treatment can vary a lot in different countries, so the smuggles board gets even more dishes to choose from. And I hope you were at the youth workshop this morning. And if you don't, check out stemily.org, where young people are creating an international youth website. So, by paying forward what I've learned and received throughout the years, I learned to no longer be depressed, but to be impressed. Impressed by all of us superheroes, as we fight our battles from the moment we wake up in the morning to the moment we fall asleep, and even in our dreams. And yet we all get up again and continue the fight. And I learned to seek affirmation, but this time no longer from others, but from me. I know the battles inside of me that others don't see, 24-7. The insecurity, 
the bullies, the misunderstandings, the doubts. And yet I speak. And if that's not something to be proud of, I don't know what. Because it's not what, I, what we have been through in our lives that defines who we are. It's how we got through it. I also learned that it's okay to give in sometimes. To not want to make that phone call. To not want to go to that loud party where I can't speak with lots of people I don't know. And to accept that. Because accept is not a permanent state. And the end of the day, I know I will try tomorrow. Tomorrow I will be reading that bedtime story. And I will be speaking up to the bullies. Or I'll walk away with pride. Again, so well. And I laugh at myself when I'm trying to say stuttering as, 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 association. Oh, you get it. <laughs> People with disabilities are said to be challenged. Are the challenges good or bad? It depends on how we deal with it. To me, challenge is a positive word, as it makes me act. It stops me from worrying and complaining and avoiding. It stops me from keep, keeping me frozen in one place. And again, so on. I need to make the decision if I can or want to act. And to either take a hurdle or turn my back. Or maybe even find a way around it. And no matter what I choose, taking the challenge is an active decision that gives me control, even if I choose to back out. Again, acceptance is not permanent. It's about where I am right now, waiting for possible action. And on days when I feel I'm no longer able to face those challenges and can't find a reason to accept myself, I'll ask other people to tell me why they feel I'm good enough. And write down what they say. And put that list on the toilet wall to read it every time I'm in the little room instead of being on Facebook. So I talked about challenges and about the word gift. And it took me many years to get where I am today. And the story is repeating itself. I faced people who thought I was faking it. The people who have all the answers. Therapies that work for me, but not for all. Looking for answers. Finding people who get it. And a few years ago, I got a severe neurological illness. It's called MECFS. Some of you might have heard about it. And guess what? Again, I face people who think I'm faking it. The people who have all the answers. Therapies that work for some, but not for all. Again, I'm looking for answer, and I found people who get it. And if I hadn't made my stuttering journey, I wouldn't be here today. Again, my body is not doing what I want it to do. But this time, with strength and stubbornness, thanks to my stutter, What's right? Oh, that's good. <laughs> so most of you will have seen this this photo before, and I love it. So 
what would you tell what would I tell my younger self with the knowledge and the experience I have now? First thing is you can't talk. It's just that it comes out in a non-fluent way sometimes. So why not focus on increasing your skills to make other people listen? Whether there are fluency shaping techniques, public speaking, body language or other skills. And there are many people who study who are amazing at writing and art, theater, singing, simply because they have developed these skills to balance their speech. And also practice active listening skills to reverse focus on what you're about to say and worry about your speech. And instead really listening to others and observing how they, sh how they struggle with their speech. Also learn that disfluency is not a failure. You are not a failure. As failure is an event and not a person. So if you only focus on a fear of failure, you will not experience the joy of success. So let your desire for success be greater than your fear of, fear of failure. And in fact, there are no failures. There are only life lessons. And every breakdown can be a breakthrough to something new. And there's no shame in stuttering. It's not something you did to cause it. It's not something you chose. It's not something you are. It's not your identity. It's not what defines you. It's one thing of many. Yes, it influences your life, but so does family, friends, work, your hometown, your personality, your genetics. So don't hand over your remote control to a stutter. Let go of what you cannot change and take control where you can. Again, so on. And don't blame everything to your stutter. Just because a person doesn't like me, it's not because of my stutter. I'm not all that. I don't like all people and all people don't like me. And to be honest, I can be a pain in the behind sometimes. Um, I see some people not here in the room, so yeah. <laughs> And life isn't glorious for fluent people either. So why would my life be better if I were fluent? Maybe it's for the better than I stutter, as I might bother people with my continuously talking and being a know-it-all if I were fluent. Take control. Let's do what other people say we cannot do. Don't define yourself by how others think about you or how you think others think. And don't lower your standards for other people's sake. Don't go for less because you stutter. And again, we, we can't make people understand or accept, and we can't educate everyone. But we can demand to be treated with respect, just like any other person. People shouldn't walk away and not interrupt and laugh, as that's normal courtesy and not just special for us. Make them see the you and not the stutter. If you're the right person for the job, then convince them. If you have something to say, say it. You're like any other person with wants and needs. So you decide the road you want to go. And take another road when you need to, or make a new path when there is no road. 
and bring friends and helpers with you on your journey because you choose your path as you're the one to walk the walk but again with a little help from your friends they all heard this face the fear and do it anyway only when we are no longer afraid do we begin to live we gain strength and courage and confidence by each experience that we in which we look fear in the face and it takes courage to face fear without fear there is no courage so we need fear as well so do what you think you cannot with only baby steps and you must surprise yourself and surround yourself with people who got your back but again don't give up Learning how to ride a bike creates lots of bruises and sometimes even broken bones. But in the end, you can do it. And those who succeed always come from those amongst who try. Like, for example, Pippi Longstocking, who said, I've never tried this before, so I'm sure I can do it. <laughs> Be realistic, but also see the humor. And remember that when people laugh, it's not it's not about you, but it's because of how it sounds. It's because of the funny situation. Just like you laugh at people who, who stumble in, in a funny way. And if they comment on your speech, it's your speech. It's not you. Play, them, play down and beat them to it by using funny buttons, which you can, which you can get from Stuttering is Cool or, or Nina G. She also has amazing buttons. And have a cheeky comment ready when people comment on your speech. For example, when they mimic you, you just tell them that you're the expert and they're a fake. You will have heard the words, people will forget what you have and what you did, but they will remember how you made them feel. Make people comfortable with your speech by showing them you're comfortable with your speech. Stuttering at all and advertise by wearing buttons and t-shirts and always slide stuttering into, into the conversation as that will take that look away and if you want to know more about that look well you can get that again at Nina G's speech and I've had such great conversation with seemingly grumpy custom officers when I tell them I'm heading for a stuttering conference and I say what? I say, it's such a conference. People will remember you as people who stutter as a whole, but also how you handle your stutter. But most of all, be your own best friend. Accept from yourself what you accept from others. Don't aim for perfection, because it's through our imperfection we find our match. And it's because we stutter. We are here in Iceland. So, I've been stuttering for many years and many things are still the same. People who don't get it, the media still thinking it's okay to make jokes about stuttering, children still getting bullied, schools still lacking knowledge, the quacks still making money out of us, there's still no pill for stuttering, and being a speech therapist is still not valued enough. But the good news is that it's changing. Slowly, but still it's changing. But we can do more. 
People who stutter can speak up and make sure we are seen and heard and that our rights are being met. And each and every one of us can educate teachers, politicians, but also that person on the bus and our Facebook friends to pave the way for the next ge ge generation. Oh, that was a stutter. <laughs> Clinicians can speak up and fight for more money for research and further training and educate speech therapists from developing countries throughout social media, or modern media, so that all speech therapists around the world get a proper education and people who study get a proper treatment. Parents and teachers and other people around us can learn more about stuttering and anti-discrimination and disability laws so they can stand up for the children and demand help. It is easier to build strong children than to land hard adults. We have to start with the children. And the best thing is, as you can see here, we can all help and support each other with this task. If we join hands and efforts, we are all a very important piece of this puzzle. And I'm so happy that there are so many different, different kinds of people here. And talking about getting heard, I said has nothing to do with I've said. It's more like I said. A chance to speak even louder. So the International Stuttering Awareness Day, which is a shitty word when you stutter, <laughs> is on October 22nd. It began in 1998 and it was spearheaded by Michael Sugarman, who's somewhere here in the room. And we're proud to have you with us. And the ISAD recognizing, recognizing the growing alliance between speech therapists and people who stutter, learning from each other and working together to share, give support and educate one another and the general public on the impact that stuttering has on us individuals. Judy Custer, who unfortunately isn't here, she put together the ISA online conference between the 1st and the 22nd of October every year since its inception in 1998, and she continued to do it until 2012. Judy still continues to work on the amazing website stutteringhomepage.com. Luckily, a new team, directed by the passionate Bruce Inhoff, and I think he's here too. Yeah, there he is. He has taken over the online conference. So the ISAD is our chance to speak and be heard. And this is our chance to bring together people sort of all ages and clinicians and researchers, teachers, employers, relatives and friends to tell their stories and learn from each other and exchange ideas. And we need your help. We would like papers and slideshows and videos and drawings from children and poems and songs and about therapy and about research, about living with a stutter, living with a person who stutters, the fears and the joys and the new ideas, so that everyone who has an interest in stuttering will come to isad.isastutter.org. And also for that we need your help to spread the link and the information about the conference privately, but also through your friends and communities and students and clients. 
I was 27 when I first heard there were others like me. So let's join hands to give children who stutter a better chance in life. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? <laughs> my last words are just if you think you are too small to make a difference, try to sleep in a tent with a mosquito. Thank you. And that was Anita Bloom sharing her life lessons. A very uh, very golden life lessons and great pieces of advice for people who stutter and future generations of those of those of us who stutter that doesn't make sense future generations of future generations who stutter how about that i had to ruin a very good outro um, and also advice for clinicians as well yes let's all work together uh, get rid of all the divisiveness that I seem to be hearing that's going on somewhere. I, I, I don't see it myself. I keep hearing. So it's time to get everybody together, including including the researchers, those doing research. Um, and my favorite piece of advice was the one where she was saying, you know, be heard. Make us be heard. You know, how she works to, how, she, how at one point she had, decided I'm going to be the face of stuttering. I'm going to make the stuttering community be heard. And I think we all should join her. Let's help the helpers. So um, get out there. That's why I keep saying, I keep encouraging, speak openly, uh, stutter openly. Get that, you know, work towards, you know, taking those uh, baby steps out of your speaking and stuttering openly comfort zones. Um, because it will benefit not only you, but everybody else who stutters, and most importantly, the children who stutter and the future generations. Until, if ever, that day comes where there's that cure or or the, or the, that pill, um, uh, or until that day that the world has full awareness of what stuttering is and full understanding, and then the sting of stuttering openly is reduced by a landslide because really that's pretty much the whole thing the whole reason why living with stuttering you know tends to be a bad thing or a negative experience because we're getting negative feedback so as you've heard for example anita's life um you know what she had gone through so so thank you. Thank you, Anita, for allowing me to keep the recording. I didn't even ask her if I could record. I just started recording. Then after I asked, hey, is it okay if I post this on my podcast? So <laughs> yeah, um, just do and then ask, beg for forgiveness af af after. It's what, it's what all Silicon Valley does. And what bad came out of Silicon Valley, right? So a bit of a tongue-in-cheek there. I would like to hear from you. So we all have, uh, I'm sure most of you have a smartphone and with your voice memo apps, or you can even use any other recording software, uh, whatever device you have, we'll say what, three minutes, record something for about three minutes. If you go over, it's no big deal. Uh, send it to coolstutter at gmail.com and I'll play it on my next episode. What am I looking for? 
your thoughts on this episode uh your stuttering stories you know i want to hear from you your feedback um whatever you like and you know i just may play it on my next episode if you want to practice your speech tools go right ahead if you want to stutter as much as you uh, like please go ahead too because um, on this show it's all about stuttering when you want how you want no saying what you want how you want no matter whether you stutter or not something like that it's from one of the previous uh, guests i had on uh, this podcast dale williams he's someone who stutters and he's also an slp and he appears in the documentary when i stutter so soon soon it's going to be available on dvd and such so uh everybody can watch it in the comfort of their homes um or go to when and see if it's playing in your area so uh, until then may your stuttering be open and with confidence ciao